0: Got it. Hello, everyone. I already filmed this episode and it didn't pick up on my mic. It did on my camera. If you're watching on YouTube, it picked up on the camera, but it didn't pick up on my mic. So I got to re-say the whole thing. Ah, I can't believe it. That just means it wasn't meant to be, but that's okay. But besides from that, hello, everyone. How was everyone's week? My name is Emmy Moore and this is the podcast, Saved Not Soft, a podcast where we talk about all things Jesus, culture, and navigating your walk with Christ. And I'm so excited that you guys are here today. We get to talk about these fun topics and just be in fellowship with one another. I'm so excited to see what the Lord is going to bring and how he's going to speak. And this topic that we're going to talk about today is something I've been praying about for a long time and I thought was the perfect talk a topic excuse me to talk about first and we're going to be talking about salvation how to be saved what that looks like and what it means necessarily and i'm just really hyped i'm lit for this i just i just can't wait i know it's going to be amazing and yeah i guess let's just get into it i want to i want to talk about what what the bible says about being saved what that means what does being safe look like what doesn't it look like and how could we exemplify it how can we show it how can we demonstrate it and that's that's that and this topic isn't supposed to be scary it's supposed to be mostly educational and these are things you are supposed to know i think a lot of people get scared from this topic because i mean you see people on the side of the street have signs that say repent or hell Which is scary. Like, God's not scary. Like, can we just talk about that for a second? Like, these people that are on the streets that have repent or hell. Like, they're not opening their arms to the people whatsoever. And um, I just want to let you guys know that God is love. And everything comes from a place of love and God is not fearful and he is not scary. So I don't want to scare you with this message, but it is something that we need to talk about because there is a lot of people I hear saying, if you just say you believe in God or get baptized, you're saved. That's not how it works. So we're going to get into what does the Bible say about being saved? What does God's word say? How do I get saved? So One of the verses is Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. And it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Let's break it down real quick. We're gonna do a little a little exercise. Okay, so we're gonna break down this verse. For it is by grace you have been saved. That is the first portion. We are saved because of grace. What does that mean? Grace is God sending his one and only son to die on the cross for us, for our sins, not Christians, everyone in the whole entire world. He died for and demonstrated his love by doing that. That is what grace is. So, so God covered the grace part. Okay. The second part through faith. So you are saved by grace. Okay. But here's the catch through faith. Which is your end of the bargain. So, what does scripture tell us right here? God does the saving, we do the faith in. God already sent his son, he already held up his part of the deal. What determines our salvation is us picking up our end of our faith. Do you guys know what the word salvation means? If you don't, I don't I don't know if there's newer Christians on this podcast. So I'm just gonna like tell you what salvation means. Salvation is pretty much a fancier word for saying that you're saved uh it's a biblical term that's just like yeah my salvation the way I was saved how I'm saved me being saved is salvation so if you hear me say salvation that's what that means if you want to add it to your biblical dictionary that's what that means but um your salvation isn't just by God's grace alone it's through the persistent and consistent faith that you have for yourself and I wanted to um I wanted to look at the definition of faith biblically and Googly. <laughs> Just on Google. And these are the definitions that came up. So whenever you search the word faith, like two options come up. And the first one is complete trust or confidence in something. And then the second one, which is the more biblical one, is a strong belief in God or the doctrines of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So when you have faith in something, so I I want you guys to insert this in your brain because we're going to talk about it for the rest of this episode. Faith means to have full belief in something, full trust and belief in something complete. That's what faith means. If you're writing down something or if you're working out at the gym, just make a a mental note or a note of it. That's what having faith means. Complete trust and complete believing. So that's the key. Isn't it? For we are saved by grace. God already did that part through faith. What's faith? Trusting and believing in God and that he is who he says he is. That's the key. So I kind of, um, y'all, how do I explain this? Uh, have you ever had, like, someone be like, okay, you want the good news or the bad news first? I don't know about y'all, but I like getting the bad news first because I feel like whenever someone says you want the good news or the bad news, it implies that since they have good news, it's better than the bad news. Like, usually when someone says that, it's like, okay, this happened, but this happened out of it, and it's way better. So, same thing's gonna happen right here. I'ma give you the quote unquote bad news. It's not bad news necessarily, but um I'm gonna give you that first and then give you the great amazing good news of Jesus right after. And um, I'm gonna be coming to y'all house today and knocking on the door. This might hit really close to home for some of y'all. Uh and this is what the Bible says. Like, I'm not I'm not giving you a prosperity version of the Bible and just pulling stuff out of out of my head just trying to put together something like this is what the bible says and God has sent me a mission to communicate his word to you guys and I want you to understand it in a way to where you could comprehend it the best and it's gonna be a little convicting that's what I mean like I'm gonna be knocking on your door and some of you guys are gonna tell me to leave like I'm gonna be knocking and ringing the doorbell at the same time like I'm coming to your house it's gonna get real personal and I'm gonna get in y'all business but y'all it'd be like that though. It'd be like that. So, um, yeah, just kind of warning you, but what's great about conviction is that your spirit needs it and you could grow from it. So it's a silver lining. So I'm not attacking you or condemning you. I was also in this place. I barely got saved like two years ago. So, i I was in this place not too long ago, and I know what it looks like. I know how it feels uh so just know I sympathize with you and we're all in this together and don't feel ashamed in your walk because it's the story of how Jesus is saving you anyways, let's get into it. I first want to talk about what faith doesn't look like, and then next we'll talk about what faith does look like. I would like to say that counterfeit faith what faith doesn't look like uh I came up with the terminology for it, and I think I hit it right on the dome. And I I would like to call it God insurance because when you have insurance, like I have I have Geico, which is terrible. <laughs> I like I'm switching to AAA like as we speak. That's something I I'm like in the works of I'm switching to AAA. But um, anyways, when we talking about insurance? Insurance you call insurance when you need it. And a lot of people treat God like an insurance plan out of their convenience, out of their wants, out of their needs, and only hit him up when they're in times of trouble. When they get in a car accident, when someone breaks through their window, when someone scratches their car or breaks the windshield. We only call on God on times of tragedy and when we need him. So I'm going to address what God insurance looks like and why God isn't an insurance plan or an object. He is a person that wants a relationship with you. There's a there's a lot of people who are quote unquote Christians, which is not Christian, <laughs> who think that one thing, action, would save them. One baptism. I've literally heard people on TikTok. Say if you just say you believe in Jesus, you'll you'll inherit the kingdom of God. That is not true. Just because you got baptized when you were five doesn't mean you're saved. It doesn't mean you're saved at all. Especially if you're not exemplifying faith whatsoever. And with that being said, I also don't want people to think that faith is perfection and following following legalisms. Because I think people just, when, when they think of following God and being a Christian, they think of all these rules and a checklist when it's a heart posture and not a piece of paper with boxes and a pencil you got to check off. It, it's where your heart sits. It's who you put your trust in, who your first love is. That's really the jump of it all. And God's not asking for perfection. He's asking for willingness because God knows we're not perfect at all. I mean, whenever he sent his son I love the verse John 3, 17, and it says, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to pretty much correct it. He sent his son so he could die for the world's sins, not for Christians, for everyone, For everyone who messes up. God knows we're going to mess up. God knows we ain't perfect. God knows that we're going to do things intentionally that go against everything that he says. He knows this. But the willingness, the fire, the chasing after God, that's what he admires. The willingness. And your willingness is more admirable to God than you practicing legalism to become perfect. He's asking for willingness. So with that being said, with with that willingness you have with God, people, people will have like this counterfeit faith and it's like a, like how I said, it's just like one action, one baptism. I go to church on Easter every year and that just makes up for the whole year of, it, it, it doesn't work like that. Faith is consistent, and faith is also at first a decision. I would like to say it's a decision to allow Jesus to come into your heart, you trusting and believing in him and staying consistent with your faith. Because how many people do you know get really like high off the moment? I love Jesus, all praise, in the moment, and then it's like. The next day, I I see on my Snapchat story they had a party doing every type of drug on the market. And then heard that they did this with someone. Like, do you get what I'm saying? It's your ex, your faith would be exemplified because faith is transformative. I am a living testimony of this and I am a witness to this as well. Faith transforms. I was not in this position two years ago. Two years ago, I was I was a smoker. We'll get into that another day. I used to smoke. I would smoke. I would mess around with people I was not supposed to mess around with. I was very just worldly. I was very caught up with myself. I was impressing the world instead of trying to be an audience of one. And I found Christ two years ago. And he's healed me from my childhood trauma. He has put me in places and put opportunities in front of me that I've never been able to see or even know it was possible. I'm just so anointed and blessed. Brought people into my life that love me for everything that I am and that also lead me, took away friends that were poisoning me. Like, faith is transformative. And you can also see it in a person too. And if you say you believe in God, but your actions aren't following, I would like to say you would have to question your faith with God. What is my relationship with God? Imagine it like this, because I thought about this in the in the car the other day. I was like, huh, I could use this as an analogy for for my episode, and I think I'm gonna use it right now. I'm still iffy about it. Okay, let's just say it. So, say you have a friend. that you only see like once a year. And every time you see them, they just want something. <laughs> like they just need something from you. And you give it to them. And they only spend time with you for like 10 minutes or an hour. No more than two. Maybe you'll see them twice a year. But they don't they don't see you as much as you would like to see them. Because they choose not to see you. That would make them a bad friend. No. I don't know about y'all, but I wouldn't be friends with someone who only wants to communicate with me and see me once a year and doesn't do anything for me. I'm always doing something for them. That would make them a bad friend. Look at it this way we are the bad friends in God's eyes. We present God our. Our worry, our time once a year on Christmas, on Easter, when he broke up with me, when I, I don't know what to do about this comes up. We talk to him and we're like, "God, uh, where have you been? He's like, I've been here. I've actually been on the patio, kicking it on the porch, knocking on your door. And now that the thunderstorm hit and it got the power out, now you want to come outside? That's, this is how it is. And then you ask God, can I receive that? And he's like, yes. And he still gives you what you need. How dare we call our God bad sometimes and question his intentions when He's always there. I be thinking about that. But that's how, that's how God feels. We're the bad friends in this. God's the one who wants the relationship with us, who is longing for us, who is searching for us. And we're the ones stiff arming him just just sit on that there's this verse in Matthew I don't know why I didn't write the write the uh verse down I have it the verse written out but I didn't write down what verse it is I don't know why I did that I'm gonna read it to you it says this is Jesus speaking I know I said a God ain't scary, but that's a scary passage, especially if you're lukewarm. Depart from me for I have never known you. That is a disgusting sentence to hear. And notice how it says in your name. Father, Lord, did we not do this in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not perform any miracles in your name? He's saying, You said my name, but you didn't sit down with me. I didn't have a seat at your table. Again, he's kicking it at the patio. When are you going to open the door? You don't know me. You know the name, but do you know me? That's why he says, Depart from me, for I've never known you. God's not asking for works. He's asking for a relationship because if he was asking for works, that would have been enough. Prophesying, driving demons out of people, performing miracles, that would have been enough. It's not though. Jesus is like, I'm not, I'm not asking for that. You're doing all that. It's Pharisaic. Like the Pharisees, the Pharisees is honestly the, the true example if you want to look at a, at a real life example of some God insurance that's the Pharisees because the Pharisees did all the legalistic work and would say and do all these things but lacked relationship with God and when Jesus was on earth and in front of the eyes of the Pharisees they couldn't even see him I told this to um to my to my kids, I work in high school ministry, and I gave them this analogy, and I pinned it in my head ever since Think of your nose, your nose is always in front of you, but you never see it until you pay attention. you like look at it that that's that's how that's how it was with the very season guys like it's it's so close to you, and you're just sitting right past it. Are you gonna notice your nose today? <laughs> I want to notice my nose. Something that's right in front of you. One single action and one sentence will not save you. I don't know why it's a rumor that if you get baptized, you're saved and you're, you're clean. We're not Jesus. We're not God. Like when Jesus died on that cross, that like... He was the perfect sacrifice. He did his job. We're going underwater and saying a sentence. Isn't like you think that makes us a savior? You think that's enough? Faith is, is transformative. It, it starts with the decision into a relationship and then it transforms. There's this other verse um, in Revelation 3.16. We talk about John 3.16 all the time. I know that everybody favorite Bible verse and everybody and they mommy have it hung up in their house on a a cross or tattooed or something. Um, And I I like Revelation 3.16. And I think that's the one we should talk about most. And it says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I was about to talk about lukewarm, being lukewarm last week, a part of my testimony. And I was like, no, let me stop. Let me save it. Notice how Jesus says that he's going to spit out the lukewarm and not Christians. He didn't say, so because you're a Christian, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. He said, because you are lukewarm, I would really encourage you guys to ask yourself who are seeking Christ, ask yourself, am I lukewarm? Do I know the name and not know the person? These are questions you need to ask yourself and don't be scared to because God's not scary. The enemy is trying to make you scared of this. So, it could further your distance from God. Ask yourself, am I in relationship with God? Am I am I lukewarm? Am I showing faith? Does someone see Christ in me? God doesn't spit Christians out. He spits out the lukewarm. And that's that's a warrant. Like Jesus tells us these things. Like you just can't be half in, half out. It it, it doesn't work like that. And how how could we be mad at God for that? Okay, for an example, uh let's take something so practical. I want you guys to understand this so you understand who who God is because he made us in his image. Say if you're like talking to someone that you like and you're like, oh, they fine. He look like this and he's so yummy and he got a nice smile and personality, got some height on him. If you're a man listening to this, a girl, whatever. Say you're talking to someone, right? And they're not reciprocating the energy. They're only putting in like 30%. And in relationships... I put—I don't know about y'all, but I put in 110% for my friends and for the people I love. So if someone that I would be pursuing is only putting in 30% for me, I'm not wanting to be friends with that. Like, let's be so for real. Can we be for real here? I know a lot of y'all on the other side of the screen has cut off some people because they weren't treating you the way that they needed to and prioritize you the way that they needed to. Same thing here. Jesus is saying, you're not prioritizing me the way that I need you to prioritize me. Not because I'm egotistical, but because this is a relationship. This has nothing to do with my ego or my position. It has to do with my principles. Bars. Freaking, I love him so much. It's not legalistic. It's a relationship. Things would have been so differently if it was by works. And Jesus is just asking for a seat at your table and to serve you. Ain't that crazy? He's like, let me sit at your table, but let me make the food, set the table, and wash your feet in your house, not mine. And I'm the guest. How amazing. I know I, know I kind of said some questions that were like stabbing in the neck, low key, like I kind of like minked y'all, but there's good news from this. And this is what we, what we finna tap into right here. And what's amazing about faith and salvation is that it's free. Ain't nothing more. I love this. something that's free. Let me tell you, I got, I went thrifting last week and I got this Harley Davidson beanie. So beautiful for free. Because well it was buy two get one free, get one free but still free. I love me some free stuff. And you telling me I could get saved for free? I can have faith for free? And also, it's accessible at any time. You can make that decision today. It says in 2 Corinthians 5:17, therefore if anyone in Christ, the new creation has come The old has gone and the new is here. Hallelujah. Let's freaking get it. Like, praise God. The old is gone. The new is here. There's there's accessibility to that at any time. God, I want to make that decision. I want to be committed to you, I want to be faithful. I want to exemplify faith. And maybe you're in a position to where you've never accepted Christ in your life, ever. And I feel this heavy on my spirit. I wasn't thinking about doing this, but we're going to do it. Because it's just like very on my, very, yeah, I just feel it in my stomach. So I'm just going to say it. If you're on the other side of the screen right now and you want to make that decision to be a part of, God's kingdom and just invite him in and just accept him as your Lord and savior, I would like to invite you to do that right now if that's just if that's something you're wanting to do, if you want to make that decision like okay, I realize I haven't been faithful. I haven't been exemplifying the fruits and i and i've been I've been using God insurance if that is you right now let's just let's just pray together um i i just feel this heavy okay so let's just pray and i would like you guys to repeat after me if you want a moment of boldness and you are um and you want to accept christ into your life just repeat after me lord i accept you i trust you i have complete belief in you lord i invite you inside of my house come into my heart search it transform me love me i love you jesus thank you for everything i invite you in i accept you as my lord and savior in jesus name we pray amen i feel that so heavy for someone even if it's just one person that's all that matters that's all i care about but I feel that heavy. Like, at least one person got saved. So, like, a little round of applause. Like, and I, I'm i so happy. Oh, my gosh. Like, Loki getting emotional. And I'm recording it. Like, it's not even out yet. Um. Just know that you're going on a journey that is going to be so amazing. And there is a creator with you that loves you and doesn't leave you. And he sees every cry, every smile, every every fall and every laugh and he is with you and he cares for you and he loves you and he provides i'm just so excited for you um so let's get into the next little topic um so faith is accessible any time. some of you guys maybe just accepted christ for the first time right now but what does it look like so okay i've accepted god as my personal lord and savior what does it look like though what what it, what does it mean To like have real authentic faith. What does that look like? There is. I I, want to talk about. Faith. Without works is dead. That seems to have a lot of controversy. And also seems to have a lot of confusion. I want to break that down. And the verse where I find that in. In is James chapter 2. And it's kind of long. But we're going to talk about this whole chapter. And like everything that goes on inside of it. And it's. James chapter 2, 14 to 24. It's kind of long. We're going to read it together. We're going to break it down and we're just going to isolate it so you guys could better understand it. And it's, and it starts out with this. James writes, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faiths. I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that. And shudder. Oh, my gosh. What? You think saying, I believe in Jesus Christ once gets you saved and exemplifies your faith? Baby, even the demons say that. You think you got faith? Oh, such a nasty verse. I love it though. Let's continue. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac at the altar. You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believes God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Oh, I love that. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. I think a lot of people worry When it comes to this Christianity thing, like, oh, I got to be a good person, I got to be a good person. I don't think you should be worried if you're going to be a good person. I think you should worry about am I a righteous person? Am I being righteous? Am I making decisions that not only give God the glory, but also benefit me and my well being? And what does it say about faith in this passage? Well, faith. Without works is dead. Let's cut this out of what faith isn't real quick. It doesn't say work without faith is dead. Because if work without faith was, was true, or if it was dead, then everything the Pharisees would be doing would be enough. No faith, just works. But also, faith alone, those little those little spurts of "I believe in God that you said four years ago where's where Where is the faith? Those are words of faith, but where's the action? This is what I mean by faith is transformative. Write this down that 's how you know what faith is. It transforms. I talked about it earlier. You know when someone is is faithful when you've seen that their life has changed. The old is gone. The new is here. How are you exemplifying faith? What's changing? There are people who will say that they have faith and they are still alcoholics. They still abuse drugs. They are still having sex with people who are not serving them. They are still doing these things that not only serve them but also don't serve God either. And you want to say you have faith. And I'm not trying to knock y'all or condemn y'all for doing doing things because everybody messes up. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there are people who swear that they're saved, but still live the same lifestyle that they had before they were quote unquote saved. Being saved isn't a baptism in, do, in living the life that you lived before it. That's not what that is. True transformative faith is when you make the decision and you allow God to correct your sinful ways and to search your heart to weed out the old, to weed out the gross stuff and be accepting to the new and have him restore and love you and take care of you and just provide everything and more. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. Faith isn't a verbal agreement. It's followed by action. You know you have faith when things change. There's stuff even in my family that has changed because of my faith. My business, my finances are blessed because of my faith. Not because I stopped smoking a year ago. It's because I love God and I know who God is and I know what he will do because I have that relationship with him. How can people say they have faith and not be a living testimony to the goodness of God? At the end of that verse, it talks about Isaac and Abraham in that story. And if you don't know the story, I'm going to say it in like a really shortcut version, really quick. Um, so basically, in the in the Old Testament, in the first book of the Bible, it's in Genesis uh, this certain story is taken in uh Genesis 22 if you want to if you want to read it yourself but I'm just going to give you the the quick dumbed down version. So Abraham and his wife Sarah were trying to have a baby. It just wasn't shaking and baking. And so they were just like, God, like we need we need a kid. Like I want a kid. And they like 90. Like y'all know any 90s 90-year-olds who are popping out babies? I don't. Um, so they're 90 and they're like, okay, I'm like very, uh, infertile right now, but Lord, like, I just, I just need son. And God's like, I'm going to give you this son. And Sarah's like, what? I'm 90. It's kind of too late. He's like, oh, I never too late for my greatness. Right. And so God then gives Abraham and Sarah a son and his name is Isaac. And this is their first son. This is the gift from God. And they're just like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is my son. He's a gift from God. And as time goes by uh th- it describes in the bible that isaac is like like a like a not like a kid like a toddler but anywhere from like eight to like 13 and god one day is like you know what abraham how about you do an animal sacrifice on your son some of y'all are listening to this never hearing the story and you're like what <laughs> When I listened to, to the story for the first time, and I was like, literally, what? Sacrifice my own son that what that you gave me? So God asked Abraham, like, yeah, like, why don't you just do a little sacrifice on your son? I I don't know what I would do if I was Abraham. Abraham goes, Okay, God. <laughs> y'all who haven't heard this story you're like how did he say yes to killing him his son just watch so him him and his son go up to this to this mountain and like an animal sacrifice like back in the old days like they wasn't playing around like it it wasn't just like you just put a Glock to the dome and you're done like no it's like I'm like I am like slicing you open and like it it was very ritualistic. I don't need to get into the gore. Y'all kind of get the picture. It was I don't I don't need to tell you the, the theology of it. Just know that it was very gory. And it's something you want to do want to do on your own child. And so Abraham like ties his son down to the to the altar. Keep in mind, Isaac don't know this. You think like Abraham told him ahead of time, like, oh yeah, we're gonna go up there, we're gonna sacrifice you on the spot. Like, no, he didn't know that. But um, so he's tying his son down and he's about to He's about to to strike at him and a voice from the heavens goes, Abraham, stop. Your sacrifice is over there by the bush. And it was a lamb or a sheep. It was something. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, so it was just Abraham being tested. And that's, that's what it says in the Bible, too. If you go on the Bible app or even just like a Bible in general, there's usually subtitles of what is going on in that chapter. And in Genesis 22, I believe it says Abraham gets tested by God. And I don't think, I don't think that's the right title. I think what the, what the title of that chapter should be is Abraham was a witness to God's faithfulness because look, I don't. I don't think Abraham just said, "Yeah, God, let's just go sacrifice my son." Let's drive, or they they had no cars. I'm tripping. Let's go all the way up to this mountain to sacrifice my son. He didn't agree to that. Abraham agreed because he knew who God was, and because he loved God, and he knew His character. So, I I I would like to say that. Abraham knew that he wasn't going to sacrifice a son because he knows that God is love. He knows that God's character wouldn't do that, that this is a gift from God. So how can we use this story to exemplify our faith, to show how we are faithful and all the stories in the Bible that are miracles, they're exemplified by faith. I would like to say this is just the craziest one because that's a, that's a crazy request. Like, you want me to put my son on the altar? Crazy. Like, that is so insane to me, but yet Abraham still went through with it. Not just because he trusts God, but because he knew God. And that is the key to, to faith, is knowing God and trusting in God, believing in his word and his voice. That is what God is looking for. He's like, I just want you to sit with me and know me. So, whenever these things come up, you don't have to question my character because you know me. That's what having faith is. It's okay. It's okay. If you love someone, their sacrifice, you would change for a person you love. Uh, my best friend Annika, she makes me a per- better person every day. My friends, my family make me a better person because I love them and I care for them. Same thing here. When you love God, your ways will change. I think a lot of people want to prepare themselves to come to church and to come before God when it's like, no, I'm not. He's like, I'm not asking for that. I just want you to come here as you are and we can just work on it as we go. But first I just need you to sit in my presence so I can love you and pour into you. That's what God is asking for. Everything else is just followed up by that. But faith is transformative and it's consistent. One of my favorite verses is Romans 5.8. And I'm going to skip ahead a little before it. And it's Romans 5.6-8. And it says, You see, at the at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We did not deserve that. And God sent his one and only son to die on a cross for us. Do you know how crazy that is? And I, And I love how... It wasn't just like, oh, I'm doing this because I have to. It's, I'm doing this because I love you. God did that for us. So him saving us by grace wasn't just for grace. It's because he demonstrated his love for us. He's just asking for reciprocation. For it to just bounce back. That's what it boils down to. If we are saved by grace through faith. God already held up his end. What are we doing on ours? And I want to end this off with, how can we be faithful? How can we exemplify faith? What does it look like to be saved? How can we shine that light onto others? Well, some of you already did, but first is making that commitment because commitment is a choice. Commit People who say they got commitment issues, that's not commitment issues. You just got choice making issues because commitment is a choice i'm going to be committed to this i'm going to stick to this because i want to because i believe in you because i trust in you so first is making that commitment it all starts with a decision and from that decision comes a relationship okay i'm committed to you i'm committed to make a relationship with you And just inviting God in your house, sitting down with Him, getting to know His voice, getting in your Word. If y'all want to hear God's voice, listen to the Word. Open that Bible, get it cracking. There's people like, oh, God's not speaking to me. He is, in a closed book that's been under your bed for eight years. Open it. God speaks through the Word. It is living. It is... It applies to everything. It's so So... Uh, if you feel like you're not hearing from God, open up your Bible and He's like, "I'm speaking. I just need you to flip through the pages a little one, two. Make the decision, start a relationship. Be committed to the relationship. And from that, tran- transformation happens. And you guys, this is very practical information because you could apply this to any relationship you may have right now. Everybody has a relationship with somebody with my best friend when I first met her. Okay, I'm committed to being your friend. I made the decision that I want you in my life. Now I'm going to prioritize you because I care about you and I want a relationship with you. And from that, I'm going to change things about myself, not necessarily the good things to please you, but because I love you. Do you get what I'm saying? Same principles apply towards God. There is a... There's a verse, John 14, 12, and says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. Even greater things than Jesus. He says, I came for a job, for an assignment, and and I and I died on that cross so I could dwell in you. And you will do greater things. Mmm. From the decision comes a relationship into transformation into something that is so made for you and something that you're going to be in complete admiration of. There is an assignment, there is a file case stored up in in the library of heaven for you right now that God is waiting to smack on your freaking desk and you haven't decided and God is a gentleman he's not gonna force you to choose him that's out of his character we'll talk about that another day but when God says he wants a relationship with you just know he already made the decision to have one with you he's just waiting on you to call the shots so what are you choosing and this ain't no peer pressure this like I said this is just to inform you guys that Being saved isn't a verbal agreement. It's not a physical action. It's a consistent transformation of living in the truth of God and having complete trust and belief in Him. That is what faith is. And um, I just really encourage you guys to pray about it this week. I wanted to talk about this first because... I mean it's in my title save not soft. What does it mean to be saved? Because after you're saved is is hard. That's why I said save not soft. I could not name this podcast saved is hard. <laughs> it's not soft. It is very hard. When when you give your life to Christ, uh my it's a Sunday and I went to church this morning. My pastor said this this morning and it was awesome. He said the world views peace as something you receive after conflict, but real peace from the kingdom of God is found in the midst of problems. We live in a sinful world and people who haven't decided. There's going to be evil things that happen. That is bound to happen. That is inevitable. God just wants to stay on your side and for you to be at peace with him that whole time and stop waiting on the world to make your peace up for you because if you rely on the world peace is never going to be knocking on your door. But when you're with Jesus, he just never leaves. And just pray about this this week you guys and um I I hope you guys love this message. Um and it was just so much on my heart like to just share about it, but that's what the Lord has called me to do, just to share. I, don't, I didn't even think I would be in this position two years ago. Hey, there's, there's a testimony to my faith. My faith brought me where I'm at right now in this very moment, speaking in this microphone and looking at this camera. This was not expected, and this wasn't something I wanted to do. It was by the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Wow, minute. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for being here. Um, I post every Tuesday at 5 p.m. If you want to uh, follow my social media, it is Save Not Soft Podcast on everything. And yeah, I'm just super excited. And I love you guys. I pray that you have a great rest of the week and that you are blessed and not stressed. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.